my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? It will mean a lot if you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. The way the algorithm works, the more you rate and say nice things, they'll introduce Black Tech Green Money to more people. And more of us need this content. So thank you for rating this podcast five stars today. Afrotech 2017, San Francisco, California. Tech investor and platinum slash Grammy award winning rapper Chameleonaire is on the Afrotech stage talking about how he found his way into the world of investing in tech startups. A little known fact is Mr. Riding Dirty was an investor early in his tech career in a company called Maker Studio, which would later be sold to Disney for a reported $675 million. On the Afrotech stage, he stresses the hunger for knowledge and the power of relationships that's required to be successful at scale. What I did was I, I focused on the information and the relationships because if, if I asked everybody in this room, think about the last person that you bumped into that you know probably could have helped you. Um, did you follow up with that person on email? Did you did you reach out to that person? Did you stay in touch with that person? That think about how many people in the room next to you could possibly help you on your journey to be something great. Right now, sitting next to you, you have no idea this person sitting next to you. We take that for granted. We do not value relationships and information like we should. The whole time I was on a, a path to consume information as much as possible. Somebody said, well, what about these other people that have more advantages than us? Yeah, that's true. They do have more advantages than us, but information is right under your nose, right? You go, I used to get frustrated in school. I went to U of H and you, you had this routine where you would go in there and you would you know, learn during this period and then you'd have to come back the next day. I was like, give it to me now. I need it now because they were here 10 years in, in front of us and 
I'm showing up in this tech world and seeing all these people already with all these advantages, already with all this equity, and I'm late to the party. And I'm like, I need that now. I need it all right now for me. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Trell Thomas is the founder of Black Excellence Brunch, an annual event that gives black excellence a seat at the table. His work spans from career beginnings on the historic Obama presidential campaign in 2008 to overseeing talent relations and communication with some of the biggest brands at Viacom to perfectly align socially good causes, corporations, and celebrities. Many people work to produce events, so I asked Trell, how has he been able to get corporate buy-in to authentic events for the culture? What is it he understands about how to decipher corporate objectives to securing their participation? Uh, my secret is actually no secret at all. It's just authenticity. You know, I go in there as myself. Um, and that's the biggest thing I think, uh, or the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they say, well, what does the brand want? What do they, what do they want? Who do they want me to be? You know? And so they're shape, shape shifting and code switching and changing all these things about themselves. But the thing about it is an idea that's yours, something that's yours, it is of you. You know what I mean? It is you being your authentic, like the Black Excellence Brunch came from my experience as a black person growing up in South Carolina and my mom hosting these Sunday dinners at my house, at, well, at her house, at our house, right? Um, and I, you know, and that's my truth, you know, and I created that from the essence of who I am. So at no point when I go to these brands, am I trying to be something else or sell something else? I'm going in, I'm giving them that same essence. And I feel like that's the thing that makes people uh, buy into it. I'll never forget, you know, the first uh, brunch that that I had a, a big corporate sponsor or a corporate sponsor in general, which was Netflix, it happened so organically. You know, I was sitting at, um, at dinner with uh, some friends of mine and I was going to do the brunch anyway you know what I mean um and I you know I was saying hey guys I want you to come to this thing I want you to do this thing with me and and they were like oh this seems really cool I remember you did this in New York and you did that when you came uh here so this is kind of the next step of that and I was like yeah yeah it's the next step I'm growing it and they said well what do you you know the the general question well what do you want to do where do you see it going? I said, you know what would be great? Um, and I had been watching Netflix. They had just launched Strong Black Lead. And I remember thinking, this is so incredible. Like what they're doing, the intentionality behind it, the authenticity that I felt from it. And I said, you know what would be great to partner with Netflix and to do something with Strong Black Lead because I feel like they're highlighting Strong Black Lead and Strong Black Leads in TV and film and I'm doing it in real life. And so this is a great collaboration. Do you know? Uh, the divinity of it all, the, the girl that was sitting right next to me, um, Jasmine, who is amazing and works um, at Netflix, she was sitting there and she said, hey, I'm Jasmine and I run Strong Black Lead at Netflix. And I'm just like, wow. But I said that to say that for me, it was just authentic. It wasn't me trying to like sell a thing or do, it was just me authentically being myself and speaking from that place and that I believe attracts what you need. And so 
when I go to these brands and I have these conversations, I'm strategic, right? I think about who's the right person to contact at the brand or, um, you know, that sort of thing. So if there's any uh, massaging, it's thinking about those things. But when I get to have the conversation like we're having now, I am 100% myself. And also, Will, I'm not afraid to walk away from something that doesn't align. And that's another mistake I think that people make is that they, they give off this air of desperation, which nobody really wants to be attached to something that's, that's desperate, right? We all want to feel like, you know, you kind of don't need us, you know? And I think, but for me, it ain't pretending. Like it's, it's, it's the truth of the matter is whether I had brands involved this or not, I was going to do it, you know? And that's the same energy I take into those meetings. Keep that same energy, right? And I keep that same energy when I go into those meetings. It's just like, okay, this can happen with you. And I love that. But guess what? It's going to happen with or without you. And, um, and if it doesn't align, then I walk away and I say, hey, you know, guys, this is, this is why, can, why should uh, people get so used to brands or companies or corporations telling them this isn't a good fit for us right now? Well, sometimes it's not a good fit for me. That's like, right. This isn't a good fit for me right now and this, you know? And so I just know my worth when I walk into those meetings as well. So, so let's back up a little bit because it sounds like if, if that if that was the extent I knew of your story, it sounds like you just walk in, say, hey, I'm Trail. Like you were somebody to get the meeting. And so let's talk about who you are, because I I want to make sure, you know, it's Black Tech Green Money. I want to make sure people have the keys to getting in that room in order to show their authenticity. So how what what is it that, you, that you've done historically that gets you the meeting in the first place that puts you in a room next to the lady who runs strong black lead. Yeah. 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 Great question. And, um, and thank you for, for that compliment. You are the, the, I'm the crown king of, of the smooth compliment. Um, <laughs> no, man, I, you know, honestly, it is work ethic and, uh, and, and, one thing that I'm really good at and I acknowledge is that I'm great branding and marketing. I'm great at seeing something and then aligning the thing, the pieces so that it really comes to life. So, you know, I've done, and I also, I'm an advocate of knowing how everything runs. You know, have you ever heard that when people tell the story of like, you know, um, if you want to be the CEO of a company, you need to know everything from what the janitor does to, you know, the high but I am an advocate of understanding all of the, the moving pieces. And so, you know, I get to a point where I can do events because I've done PR, I've done marketing, I've set up tables uh, for events. I helped launch a, um, a event series called Musically Mastered Menu, which I think gave me the best insight. It was uh, at VH1 Safe Music, which is a uh, nonprofit uh, that's a part of Viacom um, that gives music education to schools all across schools and kids all across the country. And um, one thing that I was kind of in charge of is uh, is helping bring in funds for the organization. And I love being creative. And so I said, well, you know, we got together and we were like, well, what if we do this? Uh, this dinner series? And so we called it Music We Master Menu. And what we did was prepare a chef with a musician and he, the chef curated a, a, a menu 
based off a song or an album. And then we would have the artists perform at the event. And it was this dinner and it, we raised lots of money, um, et cetera. But, you know, it was moments like that, uh, uh, that I learned all of these skills that were necessary to do what I do now, you know? And so I think to answer your question, it's playing the different positions and playing the, and, and really, you know, learning as much as I, I could and putting all these tools. One of my mentors always tells me about putting tools in your toolbox. And then once you get to a certain place, you can go back and you're like, oh, I can use that hammer for that's this. Right, that's I can right. use the wrench for this. And so I was constantly along my career from, you know, working at uh, news stations where I, now I can interview people, right? Which I do at these events to, you know, doing PR and publicity, which now I know how to contact the publicist and what to say to get, you know, the talent to my events to, you know, actually putting on the events, setting the tables, knowing how things go to, you know, having to pitch different brands um, and bring in corporate sponsors to donate to the foundation. Um, that I was working for. So it was all those tools that now I can go back in and pull out. But along with the tools came contacts. You know, your network work is your network. It really, really is. So, you know, um, lots of people that I've met along the way, you know, while I was building along my uh, journey, I can reach back out to those people. And if they're not the person, they can say, hey, I'm not the person, but this is the person. That's right. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, this business is about relationships, right? And I remember listening to this Issa Rae quote where I'm going to paraphrase it, but she talked about, you know, people always trying to like get with the Issa Rae's or get with the Denzel's mm -hmm. or get with the, the big dog when it's actually the people next to you that yep. you should be in the trenches with and you build it together like she did with her friends. But to your point alongside that is how do you build purposeful relationships where yes we're all homies we all good but we produce value for each other also yeah yeah so i think the the way to do that again it's like i always talk to people about transact being transaction versus versus being purposeful and so for me i don't focus on what i can get from somebody, I'm always thinking about, okay, what can I bring to the table? What can I add? How can I add value? Uh, what, what am I leaving here as opposed to like, what am I, what am I getting? Or just saying, hey, this is an A to B thing. It's like, well, let's really connect. Let's have a, a genuine connection. Let's really build with one another. And as a result, you know, people will bring things to me. You know, I've gotten to the point now, I was having this conversation the other day, where things, uh, literally, I'm attracting opportunities, I'm attracting things to me, I'm attracting people, I'm attracting relationships, and it's because I put out that energy of, you know what, like, I want to get to know Will for Will, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know about, you know, where you're from, what, what you what you like, you know, who you, you know, what music you listen to, like, that sort of Thing. And I think that, you know, when you when you enter the space with that kind of authenticity, with that kind of genuineness, people let down their the guard of, you know, being used or trauma or whatever that they're, they're like, you know what, I can relax. And as a result, they you, you have this more more genuine connection. 
too many of us are taught to not be boastful, you know, about our successes, you know, but the work you do like encourages us to recognize our value and the rewards that they come with. Right. And um, so talk about that dichotomy. How do you balance that? Bro, I, that's, wow, that's such a great question. I, for me, it is this idea of, you know, we, we, we over celebrate this idea of being like humble and you gotta like, you know, be uh, quiet about everything. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't get arrogant or what and, and and I think that there's a fine line, right? There's a fine line between arrogance and but also you have to know your worth. And if 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 you're not speaking up for yourself, if you're not letting people know who you are and what you bring to the table, then then how will they know? And so I let go of this idea that, you know, um, I gotta, you know, put my head down and do all of this hard work and never like I let go of that and I encourage other people to let go of that as well. So live in your excellence, shine your light bright. You know, there was there were a lot of times, Will, where I used to dim my light so somebody else could feel comfortable. And now I'm like, put on the shade, put on your shades. If you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. And you don't have to, and you can and guess what? You know, you can be nice. And you can be friendly and you can be great to be around, but you can still know your worth and move like you know what you're worth. You know what I mean? Because I don't think anybody would tell you about me that I am a, a arrogant person or that, you know, I am very boastful or anything like that. Uh, what they will tell you is that I understand who I am and I understand what I bring to the table, but I also understand who you are and what you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? So it is, it, it, I encourage people, you know, I, that they should talk about what they're doing because you never know. You might say, hey, Trell, I make t-shirts or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You might be doing a side thing and, and I might be able to put you in a place where you can do more of that, where you can do it on a larger scale. But how would I know if you didn't say anything? Yeah. So how important is it that we don't compete with each other? Compete? Yeah, man, I, I think what I'm of the mind is that what's mine, you can't have, mm -hmm. right? What's for me is for me. Um, and I think that it, 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 that mentality came from not operating in this space of lack or scarcity. I think we're taught so often to that there's not enough and that life is hard and like all these things, right? Um, but I'm of the mind uh, uh, that, that we live in an abundant universe. We live in a, in a place where we can, we can think a thing and then it can start to be. And as a black person, I know that to be true because look at where, how we have overcome and risen time and time again, even under the thumb of um, oppression, right? So as, a, so as a black person that is different because not only do I believe that we live in an abundant universe, I have my ancestors to look back and say, look what we've been able to do with everything and everybody that's been trying to hold us back every step of the way. So, you know, I, I, I think that it's okay to want to be the best and it's okay to strive for higher and bigger and better, but I don't think you have to, I have to cut you out of anything to get what's for me. Love it. Love that. Um, I want to talk about like the economics of 
events, right? And because I, when I, I used to throw parties and stuff, and I, I remember learning the lesson that if you're counting on the door to make the money, then you've already got it back. Like the door, what you get in ticket sales should be a bonus on top of right. what you already sold. So can you talk about how the economics of events actually works in, from yeah, your perspective? Man. Yeah. I, first of all, you know, I don't even charge people. It's not a cost to come to the Black Excellence Brunch. You know, I'm of the mind that, uh, that we, that it is an honor as a brand to be a part of the Black Excellence Brunch because I feel like, especially, you know, Black people, we give so much to the culture, to these brands, you know, to, uh, we lend our voices, we lend our skills, we lend our talents, we, we, we give our money, we give so much to these brands that they should want to give back and pour into us, right? Um, but with uh, these events, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not about that. And so I had to think strategically about how to get to the level that I wanted to get to. And so I usually start with my budget, right? Like, what are all the things I'd like to do? You know, what are all the components that I'd like for this event to have? And then I think about before you know I, you, who you can get the money from. You already you just writing a list. I'm, of, I'm thinking about what I want it to look like. Okay, like what I want it to look like. What because I think that you know that is a part of. I'm a big manifester, and that is a part of manifestation, right? Like you can't start with okay, well, what will I have? You know, and then I can do what I want to do. You got to start with what do I want to do? You know what I mean? And think about all the pieces and, and think as grand and as big as you can think and as cool and as creative as you can think and then attract the resources, right? So then after I do that, I'm like, I want to do all these things. Okay, what is aligned with that, right? So I'll go back since we talked about Netflix already in the Strong Black League when I first, so I thought about how I want this event to look like. I want all these amazing you know, I wanted to celebrate these young black people who I thought, you know, were excellent, you know, all the excellent people in my world. And I wanted to celebrate them in this kind of way. I wanted to bring a Sunday dinner to them. What are the components of a Sunday dinner? Here's all the things I want to be. Now, how can I make that excellent? Okay, well, I want to, you know, deck it out with decor and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then after that, I said, okay, well, what aligns with that? And I thought about Strong Black Lead. I'm like, okay, that aligns. Um, it just launched. I know they've got a marketing budget. You know, from, from having worked in these spaces, I know they've got a marketing budget. The marketing budget isn't tapped because it just started. You know what I mean? So I'm just thinking about all of those pieces. And then I'm like, okay, well, what happens at brunch? There's drinks, right? So, and I know that also uh, liquor brands have budgets. So let, let's talk to them about their budget and let's bring all of these pieces together. So it's just being, for me, it's starting with what do I want it to have? And then who uh, that has money that I can find to align with. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, 
keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It's one thing to know who you want to partner with for your venture. It's another thing to sell them on the idea when they probably aren't even thinking about you. So getting corporate buy-in the projects you believe may benefit their brand, how exactly is that done? I mean, tactically, what are the steps we should take? Trell Thomas speaks on it. So usually I put together uh, a deck, you know, a, a pitch deck, and I cater it to, to each brand. Um, I mean, it's, I don't have to tweak sometimes I tweak a page or two, you know what I mean? There, there are pieces that go with, that can go in every deck, but then there are pieces that have to be catered to. And I think about to the point of alignment that I was talking about, okay, what is that brand looking for? Some brands want as many influencers holding their stuff, posting it, talking about it or whatever. Some brands, that's what they want. Some brands, uh, you know, want to be, uh, they have like a certain amount of, of budget that they spend to have an event. Okay, how can this event become one of those events that they have that they've scheduled for, right? And then some brands want to know about impressions. Some brands want to get uh, this many press mentions. So it's just thinking about all of those pieces and knowing the brand, right? Having to do your research. You know, don't just reach out to a brand because you saw them on a billboard. It's like, okay, does this align with with what I'm doing, Strong Black Lead, that align, Netflix, okay, cool. Um, what are they looking for? You know, they're trying to get more people to talk about their event. Okay, I know that I have the friends and the contacts that, you know, that have, that are in this influential sphere. So, I, and I was gonna invite them anyway. So now I'll provide them a hashtag and everything that they can use and I'll encourage people to use it. So it's just being, that's when I get strategic. Uh, when I'm researching the brands, when I'm thinking about what they need or what they're looking for. Um, and sometimes it's not always what they say that they need. It is what I look and I say, 
this is what you need. Sometimes it's telling brands, this is what you need. This is what you're missing. And I think people get afraid to do that as well. Um, but, but, you know, how will a brand know when they're missing the mark? Like if I'm saying I'm providing this cultural event, I'm providing these uh, movers and shakers within the black community, you know, if I can't provide some advice on how to reach us, how to connect with us, then what is the point? You know, so I'm also telling them, hey, I like what you're doing. Here's a way that I can amplify it. Yeah. So are you, is it working in tandem, the getting the brands on board and getting the, the people who the influencer or whoever they need at the party? Like, how are you strategizing or curating the audience, the attendees and the partners? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll give a more recent example. Um, I partnered with Warner Brothers uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, which I don't know if you've seen it. But it's I've incredible. seen it. Now, Very, I'm paid to say that. Yeah. Best movie I've seen the, the, all year so far. Yeah, man. So, so, so good. Um, well, with them, you know, and I thought I, I got to see the film early. Uh, so they sent me a screener. I watched the film and I just thought about the people in my network who would appreciate it, you know, um, who it resonated with, who's on their Instagram, on their Twitter, on their, you know, Facebook or TikTok, who's talking about things that align with this film, you know? So it's really just thinking about those. And, and, and the great thing about this too is me providing this space, the event that I provide gives the brand a chance to activate people as well that they wanna, they wanna talk to. So they might have a list of people that they haven't really known how to approach, but now they can approach them through my vehicle of the Black Excellence Brunch. If yeah, that makes any sense. That makes sense to me. So it's providing a, a space for them to reach out to people that they wouldn't have a reason to necessarily uh, before. And you know they're, they're able to lean in. Um, fortunately, so many people know about the Black Excellence Brunch and if, if they haven't come, they know, they know somebody who's come or who's uh, spoken at it. And so when, when you mention that, it like people's ears perking, they're like, oh, okay, you know, and they don't, and it's, and it's also less transactional for the brand because you're giving somebody something that they want versus just asking them for something. Can you, can you, uh, as to use a, to like, for lack of a better word, sell a person who you want in the audience that you don't know if, if you let's say, you know, that this person should be here because Judas and the black Messiah, Oh, your brand on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you need to be at this party, but you don't know them. How do you then get them there? Yeah. Well, a number, I, I, feel, I definitely believe that there are six degrees of separation and they're less in when you get in places like Los Angeles and New York, <laughs> it's probably like three. Um, and so I reach out to people, you know, I reach out to people or I reach out to someone that I know that I do have a relationship with that has a relationship with them. Um, and, and sometimes I tell the brand like, hey, you know, which is another additive, right? For me to be able to put together a list for the brand and say, this is who you should have there. And I know this because I'm tapped in because I, you know, I, so then they're like, oh, super appreciative that I did that research and that work. And they use their, you know, uh, weight, they throw their weight around a little bit and say, you know, it's different 
uh, for Will to reach out versus for Netflix to reach out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that looks a little bit different, but they don't know that Will is the one that whispered in Netflix's ear. Got you. So, it, and then it's a win, win. And now that's someone who not only is supporting the film, it's also, they're also now supporting the Black Excellence Brunch. And so I actually like it sometimes when it's like that. I was reading an article and you talked about um, you work on things that convict you. Like if you feel convicted about it and only can, when you feel convicted truly about it, that's when you go in. Um, talk to me about like the, because you, you, you did mention earlier, like, you know, you don't have to take every opportunity. You, you can walk away. Talk to me about what convicts you and how you recommend other people pursue that conviction versus just taking opportunities for the sake of opportunity. Man. Yes. Uh, I, I definitely only, I I tell people, people always ask like, what do you do? You know? And I tell people at this point in my life, I do things that I'm passionate about with people and causes that I'm passionate about and that I care about. And that's the truth. And I feel that's taken, you know, years of learning and unlearning to get to that point. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm of the mind that we have one life to live, Will, and we have to live it on our terms. And I realized that there was a lot of my life that I was living on somebody else's terms. So it was the really, I started asking myself a bunch of questions. You know, I have that journalism background and anybody that, that's close to me will tell you that I ask a ton of questions, but I started asking myself questions. Are you excited about this? What, what do you like about this? What don't you like about this? If you weren't doing this, what else would you be doing? You know, just questions like that, that were really challenging me to be, to have real conversations with myself. And as a result, I just started to discover and uncover things about what I liked and what I didn't like. And once I really got to the core of who I am and, and 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 granted I'm not like I haven't arrived totally yet I'm yeah. still um yeah. you know taxiing you know but I will say that I'm a lot closer to to me like what you get what you're getting on the zoom is trail you know what I'm saying I can confidently say that whereas five years ago I could you were getting a little bit of trail a little trails mama some of trails <laughs> best friends in college you know what I mean you were getting a piece of that and I think all those people are still with me, but now I can run them through the filter of myself. Um, and so what I would encourage people to do is have those hard conversations with you. I read this quote today um, and it really resonated with me. It's like, you, you are the only person that you have to spend all of your time with. Why are you yeah. not in love with yourself yet? Wow. And bro, it really hit me hard because I'm like, yo, we spend so much time trying, like, disliking things about ourselves, yet we have to spend all of this time with ourselves. We should be in, we should wake up and be in love. I should every day, like, try. I love you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that for me, this, that self-discovery has, has been that. It has been you know, unlearning, like I said, a lot of things that I was taught or told that I should be and I shouldn't be. Like even the concept that life is is hard. You know, how many times have you said that just based on what somebody else has told you? But that's, you know, that's not true. Life does not have to be hard. You know what I mean? 
And so it's just, it, it was just unlearning a lot of those things. And once you get to that point um, where you are comfortable with you, where you're asking yourself the hard questions, where you've taken the time to learn what you like and unlearn what you don't like, then, you know, you can be a lot more intentional and you can work on things that you are passionate about um, and that, you know, make you come alive. And you're okay walking away from anything that is not aligned with that. So I, I imagine it's easy for a lot of people to hear you say, you know, you do things you love with people or things you love and you're passionate about. Right. But then they look at their life. And, oh, if it was that easy, you know, we would all just go do things. We love people that we you know, are passionate about. And But how do you how do you know that people want what you, it is that you're passionate about? Because you still got to eat. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And it is. It is really just, um, I, I feel like, and I always get really kind of, you know, in my head when I answer this question, because um, I understand, so there are practical, logical thinkers, right? Realists, if you will. And then there are optimists, people who just believe that, and I tend to, to, to lean way over on the optimist side, so I think sometimes it's hard for, for realists to understand that. But I think simply put, it like, you know, going back to what I was talking about, what's for you is for you. It's, I don't, I, I think people, life becomes hard for people or um, things become difficult when you desire something that is not in line with you, that is not for you, right? When I'm wanting what, what's for Will, when I'm trying to ride in Will's lane, then yeah, it's hard for me. You know what I mean? Because I'm not, I don't have all the tools in my toolbox that Will has. So when it's time for you to use a hammer, you can use a hammer. But if I haven't gotten that, or if, I, if that's not in my toolbox, then- Or a different kind of hammer. You got a different kind of hammer than I got. Yeah. Right. It's hard for me to do it with, with the wrong hammer or the wrong wrench or the wrong screw. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that and social media makes this, uh, amplifies this, right? People coveting what other people have, people uh, wanting to get to this place. Even when I say I do things I love that, I, you know, with people I love, I, I'm not telling people, you know, to only do what I do. What I am saying is that when you are aligned with who you are, when you are, uh, have done the inner work, when you are uh, moving in your purpose, it'll fit, things will work out. And then you can say, oh, I'm doing things I love with people I love, right? Because it's aligned with you. Um, but that doesn't always look like what's, what's, with me, what's for, for, for me or for you. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, to your point of people have to eat. Um, I do, I'm, I've done every single kind of, anything right like from working at mcdonald's to you know working with uh president obama like i've done all sorts of things um but what i take taken with me in every single uh thing that i that i did i i for one i've always felt something that i was i've always found something that i was passionate about within it that's one thing so you know at mcdonald's i hated cleaning the ice cream machine but I love 
talk, love, you know, making people happy and talking to people through the drive-through window. It was something about like getting on that intercom and like hearing people's voices and talking to them and then seeing them when they came around the corner. I loved that. And so I was always like, oh, let me do work the drive-through, let me work the drive-through, let me work the drive-through. And then it became something that I was excited to do. You know what I mean? So if you are a person who does isn't necessarily is of the mind like, well, I have to eat, so I have to work this job. I challenge people to find something within that space, within what they're doing that they love and that they can gravitate toward. And guess what? That'll take you to the next space. You know, there's whenever I got to a point of, you know, feeling good about what I was doing, I often graduated to the next level of my life. Um, and so that is the advice that I would that I would give people. And then once you figure it out, once you get that formula down, once you are are moving and you are aligning, then only the things that you love will start coming to you and you'll be able to work on those. And I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How have you learned um, to keep the momentum of an event alive in between cycles? Like, the, what are the tactics? Like, what do you what do you actually do to build the hype for the next one? Four months after the event, the last one is over. Five months. Yeah, man. Um, honestly, uh, I so I'll talk about the Black Excellence Brunch in particular, and um, there are a few things that I was very intentional about. One is I was intentional about not like curating the guest list. Not right. curating the guest list. No, curating the guest okay. list. I was about to say not just inviting people. Okay, I okay. To say curating the guest list. I was very intentional that I wanted to curate the guest list. I wanted to to uh, put together this, you know, dream team of people that would attend this event. Yeah. And un unintentionally, that created kind of an exclusivity. So people are like, wait, how do I, how did you, where did that come from? What, what, how did you get invited to that? You know what I mean? Um, and with that, I also only sent the invites out a week before the event happened. Hmm. So I was how does that work? About, like I sent people, uh, basically I messaged people the event uh, invite seven days before. I just messaged everybody and said, hey, I really want you to be here. Um, this is something special for me. I want to celebrate you and honor you uh, there. Here it is. And people are usually pretty responsive to that. And so, um, and, I, and I didn't want people sharing it. Okay. Which is the, the reason why I did it. I didn't want, you know, to send it two weeks, three weeks in advance. And then I have everybody and their, and their brother and sister showing up at the door, you know, because I was doing it specially, especially for uh, specific people. So that's another thing. And that created this air of like mysteriousness yeah, yeah. around the event. And then um, the third thing uh, with social media, you know, everything's right now. And, and I didn't put anything on social media. People only learned about the event after it happened. Oh, wow. And that, those things, those three things with the Black Excellence Brunch in particular really helped it grow because I had people texting me, calling me, asking other people, like, how can I get that? How do I be a part of that? Like, who's, who, uh, like, what do I need to do? I had people submit their resume to me <laughs> um, to come to the brunch. Uh, and, and really, it's an, it, I'm, I'm honored 
you know, that people want to come. But uh, again, it was just me curating something to uplift uh, people that I felt were black and excellent and I'm just being intentional about that space. And I, I'm, I'm very protective of the energy of the space. You know, I wanna know who is in there and what kind of energy that they're, they're bringing with them. And so I wanted to really protect that. Um, and yeah, and so it just, it, it, that coupled with the rollout of like seeing all of these beautiful pictures afterward and all these things that helped really drum up the support for it. And people were waiting for the next one, knowing that they either they wouldn't find out until seven days before the event, or they might or might not get. Yeah. Wow. Um, how important is this moment in time? And I mean, this moment of COVID, this moment of um, racial uprising, this moment of 2021, this like, what is, how important is this moment in time for black opportunity? for us to take advantage of the things that we want. This moment is very important. It is it is our time, and I don't say that in a, a, a cliche way. It is definitely our time. You know, um, I think that, you know, the, there's a, the rest, all the pieces of the recipe have come together, right? Like there is um, spotlight, on the black community. There is all of this opportunity um, to elevate. There is, um, there are, you have the ears and the eyes of a lot of people that you didn't have the ears and the eyes of before. And the most, you, the most uh, valuable thing about this moment is that you have this, we have this voice, right? If we've ever felt voiceless now we have this voice you know and you shouldn't and and we should proudly and confidently walk into spaces now you know um if we've never been able to before now is the time to to walk in with your head held high with your chest out and ask for those things that that not only you want but that you deserve um and i think that is what this moment is affording us and we have to take advantage of it Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Raven Earboard. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at Afrotech.com. Go get your money. Peace and love.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.